This is Beyond the Couch with Bridges, a podcast at the intersection of Asian Pacific Islander, South Asian American identity, and mental health. I'm Christy. I'm Sam. And I'm Diana. We are three therapists who got together in the hopes of demystifying therapy and uplifting stories from our community. Each week, we'll connect with fellow therapists, experts, and community members about life, identity, and healing. We're so glad you're joining us today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Beyond the Couch with Bridges Mental Health. I'm Sam, and today I'm joined by our wonderful guest, Stephanie Alercon. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you, Sam. It's nice to be here with you. So today, Stephanie and I are going to be talking about breathwork and embodiment in the therapeutic space. But before we dive into our topic, Stephanie, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about you and your therapeutic work. Yeah, definitely. So my name is Stephanie, and I am a mental health counseling LP, and I currently work as a somatic therapist, and I also am a breathwork facilitator. So it's definitely something I like to include together just as like a way to really solidify the mind-body connection in my work with clients. It's very personal because that is essentially like that phrase, we teach what we need to learn. That's definitely very true in this case. So Stephanie, it sounds like breath work has been something that has been beneficial to you personally and saying that, you know, we teach or we provide these things to our clients that we need to learn or engage in as well, which feels very true to my experience as well. Yeah, I found it in 2020. And I think it's ironic almost because that's the year of COVID, of course, that I learned how to breathe that year in a new way, but it was something I had already heard about being in the yoga space, being a student of yoga. Um, And I thought, okay, what's the difference? It sounds exactly like what we already are doing all the time and also in classes. Yeah, I appreciate you so much sharing some of your own personal experience with this. And, you know, it's we chuckle a little bit because it is funny. I also remember when I first really started to learn about like deep breathing exercises and how this can be really beneficial to our mental health, something that feels so automatic. And we might realize, you know, much later on in life, oh, I could be engaging in this thing in a totally different way. So, so Stephanie, maybe to to start us off for our listeners who aren't familiar with what breathwork is or what embodiment work is in the therapeutic space, I wonder if you could provide a little bit of groundwork or foundation of what that typically looks like. Yeah, definitely. And breathwork is essentially using your breath in a conscious and intentional way. And you can use it for grounding, like in the moment, but you can also go a little deeper and clear some stagnant energy. I like to bring up the example of like how we generally have heard that the body holds our trauma, keeps the score, holds our emotions. There's like an imprint in us. And it's kind of a way to move it through as similar to dancing, similar to other things, but it's something that I love because we can have it in your back pocket. It's like the emotional regulation tool we all have, but maybe don't always remember that we have. Yeah. I think that that point you made about it being this tool that we always have access to, you know, for the most part, we all have access to our lungs. And I think there are these go-to phrases that we might share 
colloquially with people in life of like, just breathe or take a deep breath and how it sounds like you've really been able to implement this in your own life, but it sounds like also your work with clients. So I, I noticed your use of the word conscious. And I think you might've also said intentional somewhere in there as well. So what is like conscious intentional breath work look like for clients in the therapeutic space in your work with them? So a good question to consider is how many times do we breathe a day, right? It's probably around the 20,000s, but there's so few that we're aware of maybe if we're not being intentional or conscious of them <laughs> to the point where it's just something so thoughtless. Another example I would say is like, if you can consider like when we have an interruption in our thoughts or we're emotionally triggered, we tend to stop breathing. I think I've heard from others in the field as well that clients might stop breathing in the middle of a session when there's like a heated topic or something. And that can sometimes be exactly what we ourselves and our clients need to be doing in order to allow the feeling a little more, go a little deeper. Yeah, that's really helpful illustration. You know, I'm even thinking about my own experiences where something maybe catches you off guard or you're feeling like that state of panic and it does feel that your breath is like physically caught. You mentioned that it can be helpful to allowing to deepen and like let that movement move through. It sounds like maybe that's what you're speaking to when you say that engaging in this deeper breath work can help us deepen the feeling or like go deeper into that thing where maybe the breath may feel stuck. Does that feel like I'm understanding that right? Yes, it goes into the embodiment that we were mentioning, just that we sometimes can feel very cut off from ourselves. And that really is what drew me to it, I think before even coming into this field, I didn't really agree that we needed to um, have like practices where we can truly feel our feelings in order to come out on the other side. So I think it speaks to like the cutoff between our body and our emotions. Like they're very much in one. You know, I, I laughed a little bit when you mentioned this piece of, I didn't fully believe that we needed to be able to feel our feelings. Cause that's something that I've definitely identified with, especially early on in my life before I had done a lot of therapeutic work and work on myself. But I will sometimes kind of jokingly call some of my clients and I took this from a, a mentor of mine who supervised me, but I will call them like floating heads. So those kinds of clients who are very intellectual, it's sort of like everything that's happening is the thought and there's no connection to the physical experience of our emotions or our experiences. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that that's the thing that it seems like embodiment in the therapeutic space is really trying to tap into. I wonder how you've seen breath work and that practice of embodiment sort of accompany each other in some of your work with clients. Yeah, I can attest to what I've seen in the space in that sometimes there's like a bit of resistance in the beginning to trying it. And there is a lot more of needing to just stay in the headspace for sure. So there's definitely a lot of magic that comes with following your pace at it because I wasn't ready until I was there. <laughs> like I also heard of breathwork ages before I actually gave it my all. But I would say that once there was a little bit of an opening to it, like starting with like just three breaths in the morning, something very doable. It's kind of like when you want to start any practice, like meditation, like starting with one minute instead of 30 minutes mm -hmm. generally gets you a little bit more of that taste of the feeling that you're trying to 
feel like, and so those three breaths, like for some of my clients have surprisingly come back the following week with, oh, I tried it. And wow, like I've been denying myself something. So Mm. that's just like a small example of how it can be. Yeah. I wonder what kind of clients in your work, um, or even maybe in your own experiences that you have found breath work to be beneficial for, like maybe some of the things that you might look for in a client where it would show me, okay, this is a useful intervention for this person. Yeah. It's really good for anyone that's just experiencing a lot of stress and like a need to slow down because I mean, we're in one of the busiest cities in the world and it's just also why I wanted to dive deeper. When I first found breathwork, I was like, okay, well, this is like a city where clearly we need to take a breath like Mm -hmm. every now and then. (laughs) Yeah. I would just say it can sometimes be hard if you are a little bit in the intellectual space, because there might not be a feeling of like, I'm safe to be my body yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it depends, like the level of readiness, like if it's a pretty recent trauma and it's pretty early on in your process, it might be a little more difficult, but it's very hard to kind of hurt yourself doing it because you're breathing every day. It's just not overdoing it, like with any practice when you first start. Yeah, which I noticed when you were sharing this earlier, I I really appreciated that, the kind of three breaths in the morning. And can we engage in this practice almost as like an experiment to just try and see if it helps? And I think that, you know, you had brought up meditation before, which I will encourage sometimes in my work with clients is something that can really be beneficial. And it can feel really overwhelming of like, well, how do I start or how can I make this a consistent practice? And I do think that if we're able to help clients see that it's making these small changes over time and just trying to engage in the small change consistently. And then Mm -hmm. if we keep integrating it, that over time, hopefully it grows into a habit, or it sounds like something that we can maybe lean on a little bit more easily and readily when we need it. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then it's also something maybe people intentionally already do naturally, right? Like when we go to like the doctor's office or something, we might deepen our breath to get through a moment or um, anyone who's ever gone through childbirth can attest to using their breath more. I'm not a mother, but it's something that we already inherently know as humans. Yeah, that's such a good point. I also am not a parent, so I have not experienced childbirth myself, but you know, you've seen videos or movies or whatever it is. And there's such an emphasis on that breath and the conscious part, not just the automatic way that we may already be engaging in. And in some ways, the way that you're framing this, Stephanie, I really appreciate because one of, I think my belief as a therapist, and I think many people who are in the counseling field is this idea that we already have everything that we need for healing within us and that it's really about learning how to tap into and harness those things to get us Mm -hmm. towards change. And you had said breathing is something that we are naturally doing all the time automatically already. So what is it like to use that as a process for something to help ground ourselves or calm ourselves when we're feeling anxious or feel more safe to move into a feeling that maybe feels overwhelming or scary in the moment? Yeah, it's like something that we have within us that reconnects us back to our physical bodies. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that comes from outside. It's almost like nature gave this to us as mm-hmm. a tool. But once we access it, it's kind of one of those things where you kind of have to feel it to experience it. And breath is 
very much related to our nervous system in that when we're taking those deep belly breaths, it's really hard to make a bad decision mm. compared to if you're not breathing and you say like a nasty thing, <laughs> that's usually not from a deep belly breathing space. Yeah, that's such a good point. The way that, you know, even when I'm thinking of these moments where I'm experiencing anxiety and if I like mm. lean into the tightening aspect of it, where all of a sudden that I'm all worked up and I'm freaking out and I feel like maybe there's this huge issue and and the things that we engage in that help it actually feel higher stress versus you said, if we can challenge ourselves to take a step back and take those deep belly breaths, how does that maybe lessen the heightened stress or like bring us back more to that baseline where maybe we then feel that we're not reacting out of almost like panic. And I'm just speaking from my own experience when I'm feeling anxious yeah. and the times where I've caught myself doing this kind of stuff feel you on that too. I'm thinking that it could be helpful for some of our listeners who may be interested in trying this of what even integrating breath work into the therapy session specifically might look like in your work with clients. Like how would you use this as a tool or a practice in the therapy space? Yeah, I would assess if someone is nervous, like maybe it's an intake, like seeing if they're willing to take a couple of minutes just to breathe together and maybe guiding more like a body awareness into breath. And it, there's no need for any patterning. It's just kind of inviting three slow breaths. That can be one way. And, and then the other thing is for anybody listening that just wants to try it at home, I usually would recommend just picking a short song like that they like and just seeing how they would do just breathing in through their nose out through their mouth, but then circulating it for one song, like just promising you'll make it through this because it only takes like 90 seconds really to kind of notice something. So it's definitely like what I would start with, with um, integrating it into sessions like something short and sweet. Yeah. I love how concrete the practice tool of doing it with a song. I recognize some folks may listen to this podcast who themselves aren't in therapy and maybe are just interested in mental health. I love that we can offer that up to people to practice on their own and see how it feels. And I also really like that point you made about 90 seconds. That's how long it really might take to engage in deep breathing and start to feel or notice a change. Although if you were to just put 90 seconds on your you know, timer, that might feel like a really long time, but when you're doing it along with the song, I imagine that kind of eases that process. Yes. I want to bring in that point of like how we tend to want to numb when we're not feeling well, right? Like we might want to do it with TV um, or food or whatever it is, but it's sort of like going back to like feeling our feelings, mm -hmm. like, but doing it in a contained space of 90 seconds and with the breath to support it. That's kind of why the 90 seconds is, yeah, because there's not 90 seconds of numbing. It's 90 seconds of really mm -hmm. allowing. Yeah, I think that is a really, really important point that you acknowledge right there. That, you know, for so many of us being in pain is uncomfortable that I think that a natural instinct is to find ways to escape that feeling and the way which that feeling then can become kind of stuck in our body. Like it's never had the release or the expression. I really appreciate your invitation and encouragement for people to step back into that in a way that's controlled and safe and not 
sort of never ending. It's like 90 seconds, sit with this, breathe into it. And then at the end, we can move away from it. But how much can you notice change in that period of time? You know, Stephanie, hearing that this is something that you yourself have engaged in um, as a part of your own work, I wonder if you have experienced any changes making breathwork a bigger part of your life, or maybe changes you might have seen in clients who have really employed this throughout the course of their therapeutic work. It's probably countless changes. I am a completely different human being, it feels like. It's for like these before breathwork me and then after. But um, that is also why I'm in love with it. And I think it's growing up like similar to you. I don't think I was like, okay, feelings. Yeah. Like we grew up in this way where it wasn't really like it was better to just not have them like to function. Mm -hmm. So when I was starting therapy, it was hard to know what emotional regulation tools to gravitate towards because it was just a new world. Mm -hmm. I think it was only through breathwork that it took the mental aspect of what I was working through and like gave it a physical only space Mm -hmm. and that could work together and in conjunction beautifully. It was something that I always felt like, okay, I wish I had this in high school when I was hormonal or (laughs) even more so. (laughs) So the changes are pretty profound because of how much I thought, okay, this is what I needed Mm -hmm. a long time ago. Yeah. I, I think that that point you made is something that a lot of our listeners could maybe identify with. You know, I'm thinking about our shared culture identity as API providers and the ways in which many Asian communities don't have a lot of space to acknowledge or even language to put to our feelings. And one thing that I've noticed in my work over the years with these clients is a lot of them don't have the language or the vocabulary to speak or put words to what they're going through. And that can provide such a limitation to explore in the therapeutic space that I think that if we are focusing in on the body sensations and noticing that more, that can create a really helpful bridge to helping these clients in a way that we both kind of identify with to still feel and experience and like go through what they need to go through, even if they don't have the words or speaking the words is something that feels unfamiliar or uncomfortable to them. Yes, that's so beautifully said. And I was just thinking that, yeah, it's it's the great universalizer breath, like it transcends culture. We all have this and it unites our humanity mm-hmm. using this as a tool for the safety to speak our feelings to ourselves even. Oh, it- yes, that is so true. <laughs> that is so beautiful and profound that breath does unite us all. And that you're right. I think that there is kind of this cultural understanding across cultures that mm-hmm. Taking a deep breath, letting it go is something that we kind of all engage in as a practice of calming and grounding and getting ourselves back to baseline. Definitely. So Stephanie, I know that we talked a little bit about how you might use this with clients, clients that this may be appropriate to try or to integrate this into their work. Although, you know, I kind of feel like it's beneficial for everybody based on our conversation today, but I wonder what you might share in terms of resources or insights with actually other clinicians or clinicians in training who may want to make this a part of their therapeutic work as well. I guess I would start with finding a breath work app that they can try it 
for themselves, it definitely helps to give it a try. I offer breathwork sessions as well. And yeah, just finding a way to experience it for yourself helps to begin with. And then I train through pause breathwork. So there's the pause breathwork app that I can recommend for just like shorter practices I used to use between sessions. Like there were like three minute ones or five minute ones that, that were helpful as a new clinician. So that would be where I would go first. Okay, awesome. And I I want to say I also really appreciate your invitation for training clinicians to you got to feel it first and like see what this is like it before maybe you start implementing this with your clients. I think that's a really excellent point. Um that you know, we can't take someone somewhere we haven't been ourselves. Like we got to practice mm-hmm. and get that work and those reps in as well. So Stephanie, it has been so lovely having you on the podcast today. I really appreciate the time that you've taken to to share about yourself and share about this really, really important methodology and practice that I think many, many people could benefit from integrating into their lives. Before we wrap, I want to check in with you and see if there's anything that you would like to promote or maybe where people might be able to find you and connect with you if they want to learn more or potentially work together. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. And I'm at Downtown Somatic Therapy. That's one way to contact me. And I'm sure there'll be links in the show notes as well that will make it easier. Definitely planning in the next year to host some workshops at a yoga studio in Brooklyn if anybody's in the area. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so thank you, Stephanie, so much again for joining us. Thank you to all of our listeners for, for tuning into this episode. And we will see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Beyond the Couch. Tune in every Wednesday, rate or review us to help grow our community and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. We'd love to hear from you. So connect with us on Instagram at Bridges Mental Health. Ha, 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 ha.